Hello, listeners. I'm Steve Torrens with Below the Radar, a knowledge democracy podcast. Below the Radar is recorded on the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. On this episode of Below the Radar, our host, Amjo Hall, talks with Erica Lewis, singer and musician with the New Orleans band Tuba Skinny. They discuss Erica's artistic inspirations, street busking, and Erica's latest album, A Walk Around the Sun. We hope you enjoyed the episode. She was my very first love. Hello, welcome to Below the Radar. Delighted that you could join us again this week. And uh, we're very lucky and very happy to have our special guest this week, Erica Lewis, joining us from North Carolina. Welcome, Erica. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, Erica, I, I've been a big fan of your music for uh, a long time, but wondering if you could just begin by introducing yourself a little bit. Sure. Well, my name is Erica Lewis. I currently reside in Asheville, North Carolina, pretty new to this area. And I lived in New Orleans for many years, and I'm a musician. I tour and play with a band called Tuba Skinny, who is based in New Orleans. And I'm currently working on my own project up here in the mountains um, and have a new album coming out this week. Cool. You know, Erica, I've seen you play in New Orleans many, many times, but just wondering how you got your start in music. Like, did you just come into this world belting music uh, <laughs> or were you were you singing since you were a kid, I imagine, in some form or another? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I've always loved to sing. and. Um, my mother was a singer. She was in a country rock band. And so, yeah, I guess my first times on stage were in utero. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And as a kid, I, I just I was a total ham and, you know, I wanted to be on Star Search. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always, you know, singing the Star Spangled Banner anytime I could get a gig or, you know, just, <laughs> just trying to get out there. But I depart. I left music. You know, when I hit puberty and just had different interests. Let's say, so I got away from music until my early twenties, when I ended up in New Orleans, and I was just it hit me over the head the culture and the music down there, and um, I was re inspired to sing again. And yeah, and after that happened, I I pretty much knew that I felt very compelled that that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Did you have any formal training in your teenage years or anything like that? You just, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, when I was a kid, like I took piano lessons when I was a kid and that was about it. But yeah, like I said, once I, once I turned 13, I stopped all of those sorts of creative pursuits <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, very typical sort of 13-year-old rebellious child and just sort of running wild until, you know, I guess I've settled down now. But yeah, I just, I, music, I forgot about music for a minute, but yeah, I'm very glad I came back to it. <laughs> and uh, and of course, you've played for many years and still do with the legendary New Orleans band Tuba Skinny on the streets of New Orleans and in the clubs and touring with them. But 
wondering if you can sort of talk about how you became a, a part of the band in some of the, the early years in terms of just getting getting started, because that band has an international reputation now, I would say. Yeah, for sure. It was, you know, in Yiddish, they say kismet. <laughs> we just really sort of came together on the street in New Orleans. You know, it, it was the first time I was there and met a lot of a handful of the folks that are into the skinny now was the year before Katrina, Hurricane Katrina. And um, after Katrina, there was a big influx of transient musicians, young folks moving into town and helping to rebuild and just sort of, you know, getting in on the survival aspect. And um, a lot of buskers moved there, you know, people just transient playing on the street. So I met a lot of my bandmates, my band members, just walking around the French Quarter and hanging out. And, you know, for the first year or two I was there, I did a lot of listening. And then I felt it was just a matter of building up confidence to sing out. And once I did that, I, me and a few of the other guys decided to start busking together. And it kind of took off. You know, we were, we were pretty excited about the response we were getting. People were giving us money and we were having fun and we were just really surprised with the, all the good feedback we were getting. So that spring, I think it was 2008 or 2009, we decided to take the show on the road and we went to Europe and went on tour on bicycle. And that was our first big tour, you know, <laughs> that was the beginning. And then we, it just, it continued to stick. I think, you know, it was the fact that we were received so well everywhere that we went. And I think we were all kind of almost surprised at that. So yeah, we just were like, well, if it's working, let's keep doing it. And the rest is history. <laughs> and you know, the, that early jazz ragtime blues music of the twenties and thirties as a singer, what have you enjoyed about doing that era of music? Now, obviously there's a, a whole lot of history baked into it. It's the style of the music, a number of things. But it clearly, in watching all the YouTube videos that are out there with Tuba Skinny, you can see that you're all enjoying yourself so much. And that's also part of why the audience enjoys it so much as well. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's a collaborative type of music making. It's not, it's not super structured. And I think that kind of, you know, everyone jumps in and, and has their own voice. It's like a really fun thing to do and to experience. But for me, singing the blues, I mean, it's, it's such mournful music, but it feels very close to my heart. I mean, it's the blues come from, you know, hardship and from largely African-Americans, enslaved African-Americans, you know, singing while they work. And I, I think, you know, my heritage is Russian Jew. So I have, there's a lot of, you know, old folk songs that are close to my heart from that part of the world that, I don't know, I just feel like there's a relatable sadness that I carry with me and it, it crosses genres and the blues are just one of the, you know, to me, it's just one of the greatest types of music that there is because it's this it's so simple but it's it's so you know cut straight to your heart and everyone can relate to having the blues and so and so that just felt like a natural it felt easy for me to sing those songs and that's what yeah I, I really love love singing the blues <laughs> 
and, but, and, yeah. you know, I've seen you play on Royal Street and Spotted Cat, DBA, a whole bunch of New Orleans places. But as you've moved out of the, the, the city to being based in North Carolina now, how complicated has the collaboration become just through distance? I know that you obviously still play together and all of that, but how has that worked out in terms of some of the not being based in the same city? It, there's been some growing pains. You know, it's been about five years now since I've left. So at first, you know, I left and soon after I had a child and that kind of, there, there was some space there of just being a mother. But I took my kid on the road with them for the first time when he was four months old. And I was pretty determined to remain part of the van. And um, it's worked out. We're working it out. I mean, I'm on all of the tours with them and I'm actually going down next week for Jazz Fest. And the older my kid gets, the easier it becomes to to do that. I mean, I dragged him all over the world with us the first two years and I will never do that again. I mean, I probably won't have another child, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I've learned a lot from that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So that, that added, that's added, you know, having a, a kid on tours added an, an element, but yeah, I, we're a family, you know, it's, it's been long enough and somehow we've been able to work through a number of different changes, but pretty committed to keeping it together. However, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really taking this time, you know, I'm settled in Asheville now. This is my home now. So I'm trying to work on my own thing and finding a way to put more time and energy into my own music and also still remain a part of Tuba Skinny is, is it's an evolution that, you know, remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have a new album coming out, a country album, Waiting for Stars. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about where this project started for you. Well, actually, Waiting for Stars is the first album that I released oh, back yes. in 2016. But the new one that's... Walk that's Around coming, the Sun, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like, you know, Waiting for Stars, Walk Around the Sun, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'm like in outer space. <laughs> um, what was your question? <laughs> oh, it was, uh, where did uh, Walk Around the Sun start for you as an, as an idea? It was, yeah, like I said, well, moving away from New Orleans, I really wanted to put more time and energy into my own songwriting. And it's been difficult to do that. So the album came about, it was 2020, you know, just getting into quarantine. And I, you know, the idea of making an album was firmly on the back burner because of all the uncertainty going on in the pandemic. Then I had this health scare where I found out I had to have thyroid surgery and was really concerned that, you know, one of the effects of that might be detrimental to my vocal cords, my body to sing. So out of that very sort of panicky time, my friends, actually Lonnie and John James Torble, whose back porch I'm sitting on right now, they really encouraged me to, they're like, you have to do this because, you know, if you... God forbid, can't do it in the future. You're going to want to have this album. So it was very dramatic. <laughs> and Shay from Tuba Skinny put together a GoFundMe to get the funds for the album. And John James helped to produce it and got me into the bomb shelter, which is this really awesome analog sort of 
recording studio paradise in Nashville. And um, yeah, and with the help of my friends, the album happened really fast. So in September of 2020, we went into the studio and laid down the bulk of what is now on the record. And then in October, I had my surgery and everything went well. And we finished it up. Um, we finished the album up into December. And that's how it happened. But I, I ain't even gonna try Don't walk around the sun And, uh, you know, the music, of course, very different than what you play with with Tuba Skinny. Wondering if you can talk a little bit to your desire to do the type of music that's on the new album. I think, you know, I've, I've been writing since I was a kid. I'm, I've always been writing melodies or singing melodies to myself. And in New Orleans, you know, it's such a melting pot of influences and culture and music so there were a lot of people during my time there um, folk musicians and people playing country music and roots music and we were just all around each other and there was a lot of inspiration in that for me I I also grew up listening to a lot of country music and that was always you know to me that's classic country is a form of the blues you know it's like a similar type of relatable music and and I think yeah that's that's always been in my head so there's an element of that in the songs that I write and it's yeah it's it's just this album is more of a reflection of what left to my own devices what comes more naturally for me the jazz and blues of Tuba Skinny are you know it's all New Orleans. It's all the influence of spending time in New Orleans and playing in a collaborative setting. But yeah, my own my own music is is my own sort of uh, what's the word? Just to you know the me and my experiences and the sounds that have kind of stuck with me over time. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of your own solo music getting out into the world, how has the reception been with your fans? Pretty good, I think. I mean, uh, like I said, we're leading up to the release. It's happening in just a couple of days now. And so I've, I've released a few singles. I've gotten really great feedback so far. Yeah, I'm excited to just get it out already. I mean, I feel it feels very much like a pregnancy. <laughs> like, I feel like I've been pregnant for two years <laughs> and I need to give birth <laughs> And just get this baby out into the world because it's, you know, I want to share it and I've been holding on to it. And I think, yeah, so far the feedback's been really amazing. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to sharing it and then moving on, (laughs) you know. Yeah, it does feel like, you know, of all the the art forms out there, music is back. Like people really want to be inside of live shows, you know, in comparison to theater or film or something like that. Just being here in Vancouver, the the shows are are packed right now. Um, And uh, regarding the health scare that you had and for that period of uncertainty, 
wondering if you can just speak to, you know, the kinds of things that went through your mind about, you know, the possibility of not being able to sing. I, I bring this up. I, I had brain surgery three years ago or I had very oh, similar wow. type of uh, worries, but everything turned out all right. God. But it does, these existentials come up, existential moment come up. Oh, yeah. Health scares. And yeah, just wondering how that period or that experience inflects some of the, the music here on the album. Well, yeah, no doubt there was a huge existential crisis going on. <laughs> and um, it was like a panicky, anxiety filled time that, you know, but I had to work through it. And having the album to work on felt like a gift during that time because you know regardless of the outcome you know I was going to put as much of myself into it as I could in case the worst thing happened and so the songs on the album most of them were written before any of that before the health scare before the pandemic they were I mean it's really a, a retrospective sort of album it's some of the oldest songs I've written and then I did write a few of her quarantine that I finished in time for the album. So yeah, I was pretty sort of paralyzed and overwhelmed. And like I said, I had such good friends to sort of usher me through the process. And I guess I thought, you know, well, if, if things don't go well, then I think my silver lining honestly was, you know, because I have, I have a son and it just felt like the natural thing was like, I'm, I'm doing this for him. I want to be here for him. I want to you know, by any means necessary. And so, you know, if I can't sing anymore, at least, you know, hopefully I'll have my health and uh, maybe I'll, you know, I've always wanted to be a waitress. So <laughs> I'll get into a new vocation and I'll entertain in some other way. <laughs> Erica, is there anything you'd, you'd like to add? Um. Not particularly. I, I just want to thank you for talking with me. I'm honored that you that you wanted to have this conversation. And you woke up very early in the morning, but for some reason, I'm still not fully awake. So I hope the interview is cohesive. And it was great talking to you. Great to speak with you. And congratulations on the, the album and for future touring with your son and everything. And uh, hopefully we can figure out a way to have you come up to Vancouver at some point because you have a lot of fans up here as well. So thank you for joining us on Below the Radar. My pleasure. Below the Radar is a knowledge democracy podcast created by SFU's Van City Office of Community Engagement. Thanks for listening to our conversation with Erica Lewis. Head to the show notes to learn more about the resources mentioned in the show. We release episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe to Below the Radar on your podcasting app of choice to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on Below the Radar.